got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeb here and welcome back to Monday's episode of Coffee and Crypto. This is the show where we go live at 9.30 Eastern, five days a week to bring you the latest of Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency markets, looking at their technicals on-chain and fundamental metrics. In this video, we're going to be talking about a plethora of different fundamental and technical and on-chain updates that are more than likely going to lead to a major surge in the price of Bitcoin at some point. Now, we don't know exactly when that's going to happen, but all of these things that we're going to be discussing are very, very significant, and we're going to be talking about the impact that they will likely in the future have on the price of Bitcoin. A couple of the things we're talking about have to do with the fact that the stock market is shrugging off the conflict in Europe. We're seeing a major resurgence in the stock market and the value of U.S. equities. And we're going to be talking about whether or not that has to do with the uh, conflict in Russia and, uh, and the conflict in Ukraine having to do with Russia actually having a major impact on the stock market or if that has to do with the inflation of the U.S. dollar. We're going to be talking about the president of Honduras coming out and apparently is going to be announcing that Honduras is accepting Bitcoin today. Now, that's not confirmed. It's a little bit of an insider source rumor that we have, but we're going to talk about that and what that might mean for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And then also, we're going to be looking at how Goldman Sachs, one of the largest U.S. banks, just did an over-the-counter Bitcoin trade. The reason that's so important is because they're one of the first major banks in the United States to do an over-the-counter Bitcoin options trade, and that could set precedent for other banks around the United States to start working in this market and providing similar tools to their different customers. There are a number of different fundamental developments that we're going to talk about today. All of them are going to have very big impacts on the price, in my opinion. Probably not today, but at some point in the future as the dominoes start to fall towards the next leg of this bull market. I am joined, as always, by T.A. Tim. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing good. I am, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Had a great uh, Friday off down at Universal. Uh, I know some of you guys were there Saturday, saw your tweets, but uh, yeah, it was a good Friday. You know what I, I figured out this weekend, and I hadn't done, I don't know why I hadn't done this before. I've been having problems with my shoulders. I'm, I'm probably going to get surgery. Two years of not really being able to do much of anything uh, heavy uh, lifting-wise is a frustrating thing. But I taped it with KT tape, and I'm telling you what, KT tape, you know, we should get them as a sponsor. This shoulder's feeling brand new with that KT tape. It's, hmm. uh, it's making me feel, I, I might I might try to bench today. I don't know. We'll see. I haven't, I haven't had a heavy bench lift in like two years, but my shoulder's feeling good. There you go. Well, we're also joined as always by Smay, who has some uh, strength gains of his own that he's making. How is that going, Smay? Uh, it's going night. It's going night? Um, uh, guys, yeah, we went to Universal on Friday. I think we'll, next time we'll go, we'll we'll uh, we'll let you guys know in advance to let you guys if you want to, because I I remember that bet a while ago. We're trying to get somebody to, because somebody's found me, somebody's found Jeb. We want somebody to find. Ted. Yes, tell us. Nobody, I still have never, I've still never been found in public. So so we'll let you guys know. I think we're thinking we're talking about maybe going on the this weekend again Saturday. We have passes, so you know. What, Universal? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, that being said, I'd like to say some green names here. I'm going to say some green names here. We got uh, Ricardo Vinegas. We got Silva Dalla. We got Eye the Beholder. We got Siobhan Gole. We got Elliot Locke. We got Mike Markle. We got, uh, who else we got here? Who else we got here? We got, uh, we got, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Crypto Sec Guy. We got uh, Grand Roofing Incorporated. Uh, Grand Roofing Incorporated. Uh, Christopher. 
And I'll say something off the top of my head. Matt C. You say Christopher or Cryptoffer? It's definitely Cryptoffer. Cryptoffer. It's Cryptoffer. Matt C. Man, all He's you guys. All you guys. I love you guys. <laughs> you guys are the best. Well, there you go. Thank you guys so very much for becoming members of the channel. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Smash that like button if you're looking forward to today's content and today's stream. And by the way, if you haven't subscribed already, here's a couple of reasons why you should. Number one, I don't want to brag, but I think we're pretty decent at technical analysis and looking at the markets and bringing you guys up-to-date information. So make sure to subscribe to the channel if you think that that is true. And I also think that we have a mission that you guys would probably want to get behind. We really want to see you succeed. If you watched the video uploaded yesterday, hopefully you can see it in just my eyes. I care a whole lot about you guys. I love you guys. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I don't feel like less of a man for saying that I love you and I want you to succeed. That's why we come here every single day is because we want to see success stories, the likes of which we are always seeing in our email at supportercryptojeb.com and here in the chat. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in. Before we get started, I do want to mention today's show is brought to you by iTrust Capital, but we're going to go ahead and jump on over to CoinMarketCap. Just kidding. CoinMarketCap is broken. No, it fixed itself. Okay, it came back while we were getting started. We can see right now Bitcoin is down half a percent over the last 24 hours, sitting at $41,348. We got a couple of on uh, excuse me, a couple of technical metrics we can bring to you over here. Right now, Bitcoin on the weekly chart is looking at a bullish engulfing candlestick, looking at a little bit of green here as the week opens. But in general, we are doing a little bit better. We've engulfed the last three weekly candlesticks where we had large wicks to the upside. All three of these candlesticks basically showed a perfectly sideways movement. A month of nothing going on in crypto has definitely shaken out some of the weak and bored hands. But Bitcoin Bitcoin has put into play a relatively large green candlestick. That is definitely a good sign. But we can also see Ethereum is up 1.48%, Binance Coin up 1%, XRP up 1%, Luna up 3%, Cardano up 2%, sitting at 90 cents, seeing a little bit of a resurgence on Cardano. In fact, I can go over to my ADA chart real quick, and we are currently on ADA breaking bullish out of the falling wedge that we talked about. Made a video a few days ago about how this was likely to happen, how, how Cardano was likely to rally up here towards the $1 mark, breaking bullish out of this. That is currently taking place, and we can also see that it double-bottomed right down here. Another update on Cardano is that it's actually just seen a huge, huge, huge increase in its total value locked. If you come over here to uh, DeFiLlama.com, you can see Cardano is currently sitting at $272 million in TVL. Back when we made our video last week, it was sitting at $220 million. So it's seen 25% growth in its Layer 2 network, most of that being done in MinSwap in the span of just a couple of days. So that's a pretty big deal coming out of Cardano for anybody who is wondering where that 2% gain and 13% gain over seven days came from, that would probably be where it's from. But one of the final things I want to point out here before we get on to our actual technical analysis is the fact that over the last seven days, many of these cryptocurrencies have grown quite a bit. Ethereum's up 14%, Bitcoin's up 6%, Binance Coin up 7%. If you'll notice, many of the altcoins are actually doing better than Bitcoin. And that could be an early warning sign that we are seeing some major gains go on in the altcoin space, which could mean that they're decoupling from Bitcoin at least a little bit. The reason that's significant is because we've talked about this before, guys. Bitcoin is seen as the risk-off asset in cryptocurrency. It's seen as the safe asset. The altcoins are seen as a more risky asset. So if you see people investing in the more risky asset, that leads us to believe that the, that the investors in the cryptocurrency community are feeling more exuberant, they're feeling more enthusiastic, and they're more looking forward to what Bitcoin is going to do, and they feel safer. And when they feel safer, they're more likely to invest in other projects such as the alt market. So when the altcoins are doing well, and especially when the altcoins are outpacing Bitcoin, that can be an underlying sign that the sentiment is shifting back towards bullishness and confidence, which we need both of those factors to take place. Tim, what is your 30,000-foot view of the cryptocurrency markets right now over the last month? We've obviously been very sideways, but yeah. does the alt Bitcoin market and this recent growth in Bitcoin lead you to believe that this sideways movement might be coming to an end soon? 
I wish I wish I could say yes. I I want to look at numbers specifically. Even this morning, I was asking Kelly because by the way, Kelly's in town. He's not on the show this morning. Uh, he's got uh, stuff he's working on. He might even be in chat. But yeah. oh yeah, he is in chat. Yeah. But uh, we were talking about that. I said, what are the what's the new numbers on new wallets, new things? Because again, we talked about this last week. I, I do think something to watch over the next couple of months, not even the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, is how many retail investors come into the space. When you see the altcoins going up like this, this is heavy uh, retail movement uh, going into their space. So so we, we predicted this back on February 28th. There was a show. I think Jeb was out on February 28th, but we talked about how we thought March would end up being boring and sideways. What was funny is that day, there was a massive spike for Bitcoin to shoot up to 40, I think it was like $43,000. And people were like, oh, look, that didn't age well. But guess what? We're continuing to move sideways. In this ascending triangle, I... I I think that we might have at least one, if not two more weeks of this sideways movement before we either A, see a big jump up or a jump down. Or there's also, again, there's still on that table with everything happening, discouraging retail investors from getting into the space. There's still a shot that we actually have a couple more months of sideways movement. And I, I don't. I'm not excited saying that, but at the same time, how dumb would it be for us to be just so sure that we're about to see a bull run and then we just continue to move sideways? That's not what anyone wants. People want to be prepared for everything. So just so you guys know, that's I'm my strategy on how I'm holding my, my HODL portfolio and my trading portfolio is I'm hoping for the best, but I'm preparing for the worst, and that is a sideways or downward movement in price. Absolutely. Well, with that said, let's actually go ahead and look at that price. Again, guys, if you're enjoying today's show, we got about 1,000 people watching. Make sure to hit that like button. Let's see if we can get to 300 likes here in the next couple of minutes. Thank you so very much for tuning in. We're going to start out on the weekly chart because it's important that we start with perspective, especially since it's a Monday. We haven't done a show over the weekend. Obviously, it's a five-day-a-week show. Let's start with perspective. Okay, this is very important. Let's look at the last 10 years of Bitcoin. You guys know this is a thought exercise I do a lot. You're probably like, yeah, I know the last 10 years, Bitcoin's up a lot. I just want to remind you, over the last 10 years, Bitcoin has grown between 800 and 900,000%. Am I saying that's going to happen again in the next decade? No, that's almost certainly not going to happen unless you see complete and total hyperinflation of the U.S. dollar. But the point is, Bitcoin is up and to the right forever, despite of, other than a couple of years of bear markets a couple of times, as we saw right here and right here. These are very small blips in the total history of Bitcoin. When it comes down to it, Bitcoin is continuing to move up. So if we zoom in and we look here and we, and, and we only look at this market and we only look right here, what do we see? Well, we see ever since November 10th, Bitcoin has been down, you know, bet between 40 and 50%. That's really depressing. But I need you to realize that there's a bigger game afoot here. And the reason that this market continues to grow parabolically over the course of a decade and nearly a half is because of those fundamentals. Remember, guys, I will preach this until the cows come home. Fundamentals are upstream of the price. Price is downstream of the fundamentals. If you put red dye in a river, where does it go? It goes downstream. It can't go upstream. It, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't. That doesn't happen. The fundamentals drive the price. Now, the thing you have to realize is that if you put the dye upstream, a thousand miles upstream, it might take a while for it to get to where you want it to go. It might take a while for those fundamentals to have an impact on the price. Water moves at a speed. It doesn't move at the speed of light. It takes time. So the point is, those fundamentals, as they continue to, to improve and to grow, they're moving downstream. They're getting there. They're doing good, man. You, get, you just have to have patience and let that red dye, that metaphorical bullishness in the river, come down and meet you where you are, which is at the price. And we need to see those fundamentals grow the price. And that's going to happen 
but we have to make sure that we are being patient and understanding that that may take time. So let's go ahead and look at the weekly chart because there are some updates that are somewhat encouraging. But as Tim said, it is very possible that we end up trading sideways for the next couple of months. And it's very important that we understand that and we prepare for that both financially and as far as our portfolio's sake, but also mentally. So a few bullish things happened over the weekend out here on the weekly chart. Number one, we had a bullish engulfing candlestick formation come to play here when this candlestick closed yesterday. We saw a green candlestick much larger than the previous red candlestick. And in fact, it engulfed most of the upper wick that we set here on two weeks ago candlestick, two week ago's candlestick that started on March the 7th. On the on the week before that as well, we also saw a very large um, candle wick to the upside right here of on the week of February the 28th where Bitcoin briefly rallied all the way up to $45,000. This green candlestick has actually encompassed and engulfed quite a bit of that movement, which is a good thing. In fact, over the last three weeks, we saw, we saw sideways price action on the candle bodies. We have completely and totally engulfed that at this point, which is a great sign. Now, today's candlestick, this week's candlestick that started today is very, very young, so don't put too much stock in that, but this candlestick is definitely encouraging. Moving down to the daily chart, we can see why that has occurred. We can see that Bitcoin has moved to the upside a little bit. But as you look down here on the shorter term timeframes, you realize that the weekly chart doesn't give you the full perspective. And this is why it's so important for us to, well, zoom out and have perspective. If you look at this chart on the weekly, you might think, oh, wow, man, Bitcoin's doing really well. It's starting an uptrend. But if you look at the daily chart and you get a little bit of different perspective, it actually has not started an uptrend. We actually still have lower highs right here. And this movement doesn't look much different than either of these, except for one key factor. And that is this is a little bit slower and a little more sustained. These were major liquidation events that took place that led Bitcoin to having a major rally. This, on the other hand, seems to be a more sustained rally on the daily chart. How do I know that? Well, we have a green-red green formation right here, followed by immediately another green-red green formation. Over the course of six, seven days, Bitcoin trended to the upside rather than over the course of one day and then an immediate capitulation as a result of major liquidation events in both directions. This instead was a slower, more stable growth to the upside. Now, the one, the, there's two more candlestick formations here that I want to point out to you. Number one, we have a bearish engulfing candlestick formation mm -hmm. right here on the resistance, which is not very bullish. That does indicate that this uptrend is in a little bit of danger, but we also have a hammer formation right here, which could indicate a bottom. So all in all, the candlestick analysis is actually telling us quite a lot here. It's telling us that we had a relatively strong and sustained uptrend in the beginning, moving up until about two days ago. Over the weekend, we had a, a trend reversal signal come in, and then now we're seeing another trend reversal signal to the upside come in, which is that inverse hammer. So what does this mean for you, the investor? This is what this means. It means that Bitcoin is positioned in such a way that it could attempt to break out in the next 72 hours. I'm going to show you what that breakout would look like. If it does not do that, then you can expect more ranging. However, if it does actually break to the upside, then we do have an opportunity for Bitcoin to really start trying to do something like going up to $44,000. Let me show you what that would look like. Remember, right now, Bitcoin is in a symmetrical triangle pattern. This symmetrical triangle pattern means for you, the investor, that the market is trading sideways and that the volatility is low and that it's difficult to make money on trades. You can even see it on the three daily chart with the Bollinger Bands constricting on themselves. What it means is that Bitcoin is relatively boring and is uh, involatile, and it means that it's difficult to make trades right now. It's always going to be harder to make trades in a ranging market than in a trending market. Ranging market, trending market. I think you see the difference. What we could see, as I talked about, is that if we have a breakout, then you would have a major opportunity for one, a trade, and two, to not be bored anymore of Bitcoin. So we have a downtrend right here on Bitcoin that is constituted by a high back over here on New Year's Day. And then we also have a couple of highs here in February and right around Valentine's Day. Then we have another 
high here around the 2nd of March, right here around the 9th of March, and then just recently we've set another high as well. This downtrending level of resistance is critical because it maintains the resistance of the symmetrical triangle pattern that Bitcoin is currently in. If Bitcoin somehow finds the strength, and we'll talk about that word somehow in a minute, if Bitcoin somehow finds the strength to break bullish above this downtrend, then we could see Bitcoin rally up and test $45,000. From there, Bitcoin would need to find the strength to break that and start breaking above 46, which is our local high that was set on February the 10th. If we are able to do those two things, the entire cryptocurrency market could start a new rally. You would probably see the altcoins start to do very well, and you, the investor, would start to see your returns, uh, your portfolio start to generate returns that you haven't seen in a while based on just sitting there and holding. And I do think that that's going to happen at some point. I do think that we're going to see Bitcoin break $46,000. However, I can't guarantee you that it's going to happen before the end of the month. I don't think necessarily we're going to see an April Fool's rally like we have in the last couple of, de- in the last couple of years. What I do think is that Bitcoin right now, has a bullish setup, but I don't know if it has the gas to actually go through with it. So, Tim, do you see the bullish setup that I'm talking about? Do you see the rally over the last week? And more importantly, do you see the ability for Bitcoin to actually do that? Do you think Bitcoin's going to rally up to 46 and try something, or yeah. are we getting ahead of ourselves? Well, so you can go to my chart real quick. There's a couple things that I want to sh- talk about real quick. First of all, that red line that you guys see on my chart is what Jeb is talking about. This goes back and anchors on the 1st of January, so the, the time we were hovering right there around 47, 48. We're anchoring right there. That's what we use as resistance. But look at that yellow line that I have drawn right there. This actually goes back and anchors when we thought we were going to have a breakout back at the end of December, a couple days before. But look at what we did with this yellow line. So I'm looking at the four hourly chart. This yellow line, we came up and rejected on the red one and came down and, re- and then use this yellow line that used to be resistance as support. So that is a bullish sign right there. As you guys can see, as I have drawn out, we're still in our ascending triangle inside or in a bigger time frame than this symmetrical triangle that Jeb's talking about. But I'm going to go to a clean chart because there are two different things, one bullish, one bearish that I'm seeing develop right now that we need to wait for confirmation. But this gives credit to both bulls and bears. The first one, I'll go bullish because I know everyone really wants to see that and have high hope. And again, this would be awesome. But we have what we see is here, here a cup and handle. Oh, look at mine. I got, I got an arrow going today. I'll fix that later. But we have a cup right there and we could be seeing a little handle form right now in this. But what we want to see happen before we confirm any of that is we want to see this price come down and go back up. And it could even come back down to these levels right here on 40,000, although it does look like we're starting to head back up. So this could be this could be a, a, a start of a f- affirmation or a confirmation that we have a cup and handle going on. But we do have to wait and see what happens there. Let's pretend for a, sa- for a second. Let's say we do end up seeing a cup and handle. This is what's going to end up happening. We have our cup, our rim right here across the tops on the cup and handle. We only go halfway up. We don't do a full length from the bottom of the cup all the way up, so about halfway. Let's call it right about there. This would give us a price prediction of about 45420 Why is that significant? Because this does not give us above 46000 So I'm not necessarily even saying yet that we're going to play it out to its fullest, but even if we did, we're not looking at a breakout over 46000 That, to me, is a bearish sentiment because, as we've talked about on the show many times, 46000 is the key level to beat to go ahead and try to give some affirmation to the bulls, hey, it's time to have a rally. The other thing, though, I told you guys, there's also some bearish stuff happening on the charts, and now... I'm going to go down to the hourly chart just so you guys can see it more clearly. And again, just like the cup and handle, it's not fully confirmed yet, but it is developing. And that is a head and shoulders pattern. What am I talking about? We got our left shoulder right here. We have our head right here. And we have begun potentially 
a right shoulder. What would have to happen is this price would have to continue right about here. It could go a little higher, but then bounce back down. If this were the case, if we did have a head and shoulders pattern, the good news is, is that this is a bearish case, but it's not going to be crazy bearish because what we would have play out on this one would only be a price prediction of down to about, let's see right here, go all the way down, it down to roughly, if we were played out right there, about 38, uh, 38 to seven, almost $39,000. This actually, that same price would put us right here in the region of staying inside of the ascending triangle. So what we're kind of seeing right now, again, as we talked about back in February, predicting a sidewards month of March, even the bullish case are not going to get us out of the woods. Even the bearish case are not going to get us out of the woods. I'm kind of sitting here like an anchor of every time the price starts to go high, I just want to keep you guys from FOMOing in and, and thinking that this is the official rally. It's like, hey, let's keep our feet on the ground. But every time we start to sink, I'm here to remind you guys, hey guys, this isn't doom and gloom. We still have a lot of bullish stuff going on. Let's stay above ground. But that's what that's why this is a turtle market moving sideways. It's not a market where the bulls or the bears have control. And while right now, I do believe the bulls have some uh, some help looking at the volume, especially on these lower time frames. As soon as we start rounding these levels, the volume starts to dip off, which means we're constantly, every time we see a rally, it seems like the bulls lose momentum, the bears take back over. Every time we see a dip, the volume goes away and the bears lose, vo uh, lose control, the bulls take it back. This is, this is the tall tale signs of boring price action and, and and i think we there's a good chance we come up and we touch these 44 maybe in that 45 that we talked about with the with the cup and handle but it's not enough to take us out of this sideways price movement it's just the tip top and that would be a great time if you're trading to go ahead and take some profit what we're seeing right now is almost like two big wrestling match guys just going at it and they had a lot of stamina at the beginning of the match which we'll call the beginning of the match right around january and one would be winning and then the other one would be winning and nobody was winning nobody could pin the either but as the matches go on both of them are getting more and more and more tired and because they're both tired if one of them were to actually win and to pin the other he'd still be too exhausted to actually go on a run later you kind of yeah. see where I'm going with the analogy so what we're seeing right now is both of the people that are you know going at it the bulls and the bears if you will the bulls and the bears are going at it neither of them can win neither of them can pin each other and both of them are exhausted and both of them need a break so the problem is is that if bitcoin does start to break to the upside where is it going to find its exuberance where is it going to find its enthusiasm both the bulls and the bears right now just ran a marathon you know they've both been fighting really hard for the last six months and neither of them have the strength it seems to go on a massive run the bears realize that we're very very low compared to the intrinsic value of bitcoin so they don't have the strength they don't have the numbers or the volume to really crash the price now that can happen because the floor can fall out we don't want to take the analogy too far but on the other hand, the bulls don't have the strength and the backing from the retail and the institution, uh, the retail and the institutional space in the traditional markets to go in and buy the market, causing it to go into a major rally. So there's just not any power behind both factions. And what you see happen in that case is you oftentimes see a lot of sideways movement for a long time. You end up going into a little turtle market, as we call it, but kind of like a little Bitcoin winter, like a little Bitcoin ice age. That's what we saw happen back here in uh, 2018. We saw the bulls and the bears duking it out, and they both got more and more and more and more tired. It took a year of them going at it before one of them finally broke and pinned the other and won. And in that case, it was the Bears. We dropped 50%. But then what happened is the Bears got massively overextended. They got tired and then the Bulls started taking over. And of course, the Bulls always win if you give them enough time. 
What we may end up seeing happen right now is the market just trading sideways for a good bit. I'm talking it could be a couple of months, guys, seeing the market trade sideways for a good bit, and then something's going to happen. Some kind of catalytic event is going to come into the space, and the, the, the bulls or the bears, one of the factions, is just going to have a really, really good day, and they're going to see a massive break, and then we're going to see them start to get confidence. That's kind of what happened here in April of 2019. You heard me mention the April Fool's rally earlier. That actually happened in 2019. Here on April, the technically it was April the 2nd but it really started late on April the 1st. We saw Bitcoin jump from $4,100 all the way up to $4,900 in the span of 20, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, in the span of a day, we jumped 20%. That was a catalytic event that led to the rest of this rally and that pinup bullish pressure started to be unleashed. The thing I want you to remember is that there is a lot of bullish pressure that is being unleashed. You need to realize every time a fundamental story like El Salvador coming out and reportedly potentially announcing this going to be, um, you know, adopting Bitcoin, that when, whenever you see Cardano's total value lock just spike 13% in a day and there's a massive amount of growth, whenever you see Goldman Sachs, we're going to talk about all this in a second in detail, start trading Bitcoin options for the first time. Whenever you see this kind of thing happen, when you see these news stories start to pile on, I need you to know the bullishness from those stories will will be released. Now, it's not necessarily going to be released today. It's not necessarily going to be released tomorrow. Not necessarily going to be released in six months, but it will come out. In the same way the truth always comes out, the bullishness and the bearishness of these stories always comes out and is always priced in. At least that's what I found in my experience. So what I want you to realize... There have been so many bullish stories over the last year that have not really led to a price appreciation. They have not really led to a growth in the price, especially over the last four months. What's led to a change in the price has been bearish news. So the bears have been being heard. The bears have been, uh, they've had the price affected by their news from the bearish standpoint. The bearish news has had its impact. It hasn't been locked up and bottled up and, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, caused to be stuck together. What we're seeing now is that the bulls over the last four months have been silenced. They've been been shut down. But the thing is, all of that bullish fundamental pressure is going to be released with time. You just need to give it time. So the longer we go sideways here, the more bullish stories come out that don't affect the price, the larger that afterburner gets, the more fuel that we get for when Bitcoin does start running. Because of that concept, it all goes back to the same concept I've talked about many times. It comes back to that intrinsic value gap. The intrinsic value of Bitcoin is skyrocketing right now, but the price isn't. As that gap gets larger, Bitcoin has more of a reason to run. So what is Bitcoin going to do right now? To be honest with you, I think it's going to trade sideways. And I think it's going to do it for a while. It does have a bullish setup. It does have an opportunity to move up here to $46,000. I just don't really see it doing that. And if it does, it's probably not going to matter because it's going to be difficult for it to get above 46 k Could be totally wrong. Maybe the bears are exhausted already, but it just doesn't feel like this winter is quite over yet. The other thing, it's all a matter of perspective because we've talked about this before. When the retail investor misses is the boat it just sucks sucks to suck you know when the institution misses the boat they bring that boat right back right so right now it is a time for any retail investor to continue to buy at these low levels because if you believe in the future of bitcoin if you do believe that it's everything it was made to be when we look back 10 years from now and it's sitting potentially in the millions you're you're going to be ex extremely excited about those months that you got to buy low in the 30s and low 40s and you it just kept moving sideways and it gave you time to collect your paycheck Every two Fridays or every Friday, I don't know what people's pay looks like, but it gave you time to continue to DCA into it, to continue to buy the supply at these low levels so that you have wealth down the road. Absolutely. So again, it, it, I know a lot of people hear sideways, downward, and they, they think, oh no, I'm going to lose money. No, this is where you make money. Not in the 
next couple of weeks, but the next couple of years, this is the season where you will make money. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's very important that we remember, go back to basics. Go back to basics, dollar cost average, remember to study, have a teachable spirit, maintain your humility, and continue to buy Bitcoin, and you're going to be just fine. You really, really are. With that said, we have some new members we need to we, welcome and some we super do. chats we need to read. Let's do it. Taryn Crypto, a new Jedi Padawan. Woohoo! Thank welcome. you. Tristan welcome. Williams, a new Jedi Youngling. Hey! Which I don't even know, which one is, which, what are the levels, Smay? Can you remind us the levels of membership? I yes. have it up right here so also. So you have the Youngling, then the Padawan, then the Knight, then the Master, then the Grandmaster. Yeah, I'm yes. not a Star Wars expert, so I didn't know the different levels and yes. how it goes. I've seen the movies, but... The Padawans okay. have the rat tails. Uh, Padawans have Mike Padawans Markle, have rat tails. who's been a member now for five months as a Jedi Grandmaster, so that's, the, that's the big one, uh, said, oh, I got a real good feeling. Happy oh. Monday, and let's get after it today. Like tomorrow isn't promised. Amen. Hope you guys have a great week, and let's go Bitcoin. Let's go Bitcoin. Let's get it going for Mike Markle. Thank you for the encouragement, man. Yeah, it's going to be a great week. Taryn Crypto didn't just join as a member. He also gave, saying, uh, ascending triangle forming on Adam 3 daily chart, pointing mm. at 80 bucks by the year end. Can... Uh, can we get a Star Trek ranks for members to live long and prosper? LLAP, my I will friend. never, ever, 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 ever do that. I'm, I'm not you. a Trekkie. I'm sorry. I'm a Star Wars guy. I don't know. Star I'm Trek Star is my dad immensely that. inferior. Like, yeah, it is immensely inferior. It is so boring and gross. I'm glad we agree on that, Smay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought we I saw We might have had to have a paintball match. No, no. I think that might be it. By the way, Adam, we'll talk about it later in the show. Adam is my predictor for the best mover in March. It's not the lead, but I still like the project. And as Taryn said, like it is it is still setting up very nicely for a good rally here soon. I just don't know yeah. exactly when. But well, that's, that's all I got uh, for questions. Uh, is there anything else that you guys saw in chat that you'd want to answer? Or um, That's what I'm looking for. Let's see if we have anything, and then we're going to go ahead and jump into our next segment. Let's see here. Looks like we just got a lot of people saying, yeah, Star Wars for a lot. TZ said, Star Wars for life. By the way, guys, All right, hold on. I'm gonna make a. Uh, hold on. I'm gonna make a poll. I'm okay. gonna do it. Make a poll. Star Wars or Star Trek? That's a. That's the question of the day, right there. Star Wars. Are you a Trekkie? Are you? Are you a, a, a Warsy? What, what would be the? What would be the term for a Star Wars a, fan? A, je, a Jedi. A Jedi. Are the you other a one Jedi? Is, as as uh, as Silver Dollar just pointed Silver out. Silver Dollar. The other one that uh, it's not a direct competition, but I'm gonna go with the Office. I'm not a no. Get the get office. out of the here! Office You're such a fool. I trumps them all. Add it to the, add it to the poll. No. What? Add it to no. the poll. No. Star Wars. No. That no. makes no sense. Then, I'll, then you guys make your own poll there what? in chat. You got okay. Which is the best? Of Spock the says Smay is illogical. That's pretty funny. Who thinks Spock and Sheldon Cooper are the same character? I really think they're actually the same person. Let's see. <laughs> We've been watching Big Bang Theory. <laughs> you, I oh love that gosh. show. Sheldon Cooper and Spock—they're just the same person. Fight me. I, it's just, you're wrong if you disagree. Anyway, I refuse to vote on that poll. You refuse Dude, to vote on the network poll? television shows are. Uh, not as good as movies. So. Uh, yeah, that's true. All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and move into our news segment here. There's a few things that we want to talk about. Since we were just talking about Bitcoin, I want to read this article briefly about no more four-year cycles. Five things to know in Bitcoin this week coming out of Cointelegraph. Now, you guys know that I have been against the four-year cycle theory for the last year and change. And the reason that I have been, it, well, let me back up. What is the four-year cycle? Well, Bitcoin has a block having a block having every single four years. What that means is that the reward that the miners get gets cut in half every four years. If I remember correctly, it's a 6.25 Bitcoin right now. At the next halving, it'll be 3.125 Bitcoin per block. That's what the Bitcoin miners are given as a reward. They also generate revenue through the fee structure of Bitcoin. 
because there is scarcity in the Bitcoin network, you have to pay um, uh, money to transact on it, which is how the entire mining economy works, which is worth hundreds of billions of dollars. So the, the idea is that mining becomes more difficult as the revenue for the miners goes down because of the block halving. So over the last 12 years on Bitcoin, if you look at it, you basically see that every four years or so, we see a peak. You can see that between these two all-time highs, you have about 1,500 days, which is roughly four years. So there's this theory that every four years, the market goes through a bull market. And then our bull market that we're in right now should be coming to an end, leading into a bear market soon because the halving took place back in 2020. We're about a year and a half past the halving. So we should be seeing a retracement, or actually it's almost two years past the having now we should be seeing a bear market what this article is saying is that the four-year cycles seem to be broken uh, I'm not going to read all of this. But you guys can pause this in if you want. But there's one major thing I want to point out here, which is from the analyst Willie Wu. He says, we're likely seeing the first signs of the last cycle thesis playing out. Three relatively short bull and bear markets have transpired since the 2019 bottom already, i.e. no more four-year cycles. And he shows right here in his chart an idea of what the new market will look like in Bitcoin, where we saw one bull market in 2010 starting, another bull market starting in 2012, and then another one starting in 2014-15. And then we are currently seeing multiple small bull markets and bear markets taking place. And instead of massive bull markets, bear markets, we're seeing something more akin to what the stock market does, which is it basically just goes up and to the right forever. And then we see small little corrections that make up about 10% of the time. But in general, the market is up and to the right. Willy Woo is basically saying that since the four-year halving event is no longer as important as it was, we are now going to see, instead of a, uh, a, a predictable walk of demand and supply govern it, governed by simple four-year halvings, we're now seeing an unpredictable walk of demand and supply from complex ecosystem until we hit saturation. So what he's basically saying is that instead of the four-year cycle uh, being determined by the block halving, there are so many other factors going into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency right now that drive the economy of the cryptocurrency industry. This, I've been saying this for about a year and a half. When you look at Bitcoin, there is so much going on here that was not here four and a half years ago. Go. Yeah, Kelly, who is, you know, he's in the other room, but he's watching right now. He can attest to this in chat. The space right now is so much more complex and complicated than it was when I got into the space July 31st, 2017. This summer, I will have been in crypto for five years. I've watched the growth of this industry. It was nowhere near as complex when I got in. DeFi was not even a word that anybody knew, had, had ever heard of. NFTs, you'd never heard of. Metaverse, you'd never heard of. Decentralized applications were barely understood. They were being talked about, but they didn't even really exist. It was the very, very, it was the very genesis of the current market. It was a, it was a fragment of what it is now. It was a two-year-old right now compared to Bitcoin graduating college today. There were so few applications that did anything back then, and the space was full of scams. Back then, there were only a few things driving the price action of Bitcoin. One, China banning Bitcoin every two weeks. Two, Bitcoin's having. Three, Ethereum somehow coming out of nowhere in early 2017 and gobbling up market dominance away from Bitcoin. There was basically nothing to drive the price of Bitcoin except those few fundamentals. Now, this is a fully-fledged trillion-dollar ecosystem and economy that world governments are involved in. This has so many more inputs right now than it used to. It used to be that Bitcoin had maybe five or ten major important inputs, such as uh, intercontinental exchange um, adopting Bitcoin by creating backed or, or um, you know, uh, Bitcoin futures launching at the end of 2017 on CBOE, then moving to CME. 
Those were the few inputs that were impacting Bitcoin's price. Now there's millions of inputs. There are nation states adopting Bitcoin. There are countries getting into it. Excuse me, there are sovereigns getting into it. There are uh, there are banks getting into it. There's so many things impacting Bitcoin's su- uh, supply, demand, and its price. And what we're seeing here is that that should be leading to the breakdown of the four-year cycle because compared to the whole, the halving of Bitcoin is now less important because there's more inputs. So that, that uh, predictably lowers proportionally the amount of importance that the Bitcoin halving has. And also as Bitcoin halvings, well, get smaller, we see that it has less of an impact because more of the miners revenue is coming from fees anyway. So it's less of an important, it's less important in the few, in the first place. So this four-year cycle, there's two ways to look at it. Either one, the four-year cycle was never determined by the Bitcoin halving in the first place. And it was coincidence or two, the four-year cycle was determined by the Bitcoin halving. And now the Bitcoin halving is asymptotically approaching not mattering at all, and it's leading to the Bitcoin market starting to move to the upside in a more uh, steady way rather than these massive bull markets and bear markets as growth in the industry occurs. So that's the first thing I wanted to point out. That is likely going to be what's confusing you if you're wondering why Bitcoin is trading sideways for a year here and it's not going into a major bear market, but it's also not continuing into a bull market. I think that the the way the market has worked in the last year and a half is a symptom of this previous trend that we've all gotten used to completely breaking down. So that's the first thing I wanted to point out. Tim, what is your thoughts on the four-year cycle? Do you think that we're moving into this last cycle phase that Willie Wu was talking about? Yeah, well, I, so again, I, I've only been in crypto now for two and some two years and some change. Uh, so I haven't gotten to see the, the four-year cycles play out over and over and over again. But when I'm looking at the back analysis, this is something I've been saying now for a while that I'm like, I'm watching this. I was like, I think what we perceive as bull and bear markets is changing. Like I, I actually, in hindsight, you know, we could say that what we saw happen in the summer of 2021 was a mini bear market. And then we saw a bull rally. And then, you know, I would actually, if, if we're willing to start changing what we call a bear market and bull market, I would concede that what we just saw happen going from 69,000 down again to the lower 30s could have been a bear market. But it's not the traditional one that people usually are referring to. So now you're getting into a, 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 a tic-tac-y uh, debate about definitions. Mm-hmm. But what I do think is... When you also look at what we see in the past versus what we see now, I saw an article the other day that's it's something like I think 4% of the entire world's population holds some form of crypto. But I guarantee you the number of people who know it is a massive number. It's not, probably not 100%. There's obviously places in the world where they don't have access to information like that. But I would imagine when you, if you were to find the number of the percentage of people in the world that at least know what crypto is, that number is extremely way higher than it used to be. Uh, and so what we're actually finding now is the education Education is the is the key level. Where before it was a lot of select few people, I'm sure the number of people who actually understood what crypto was four years ago was extremely small. Now it's all right. I understand that crypto exists. I understand that people like it, but why do they like it? Is it something I nearly need? What we're going to see happen over the next couple of years is not going to allow for four-year cycles because it's going to be all about people actually learning more and deciding when to get in, when to get out, and and ultimately get more people getting in than getting out. Uh, and, and the price is just going to continue to go up and the ups, uh, up and to the right. And you will see seasons where Bitcoin and cryptos get a little overextended. They're a little overbought. They're higher than what they really should be at the time. And so we're going to see 40, 50, maybe even at times 60% corrections, but it's still going to be setting higher lows because the pump and the people getting in are going to be so exponentially high that when we do see a 60% dip, it's still sitting a higher low, similar to what we're seeing right now. Bitcoin down close to 50%, and yet it's still a higher low than what we've seen over the last couple of years. 
that's what I think we're going to go into. Just as you were talking about that chart, and I think you said it was Willy Woo, Willy Woo who put it there. It, yeah. I think we're going to start seeing, instead of years of bull markets and years of bear markets, I think we're going to start seeing months and then potentially even at times weeks uh, because there's going to be times where people really, really are all about it and really, really, really not about it. And eventually it's going to start leveling out, especially Bitcoin, when people start actually using it like we see now El Salvador. We see Honduras, Malaysia, and some other countries looking at to potentially even making it uh, legal tender. Uh, we're going to see it start leveling out similar to what we see with the gold and other commodities like that. Absolutely. And I think that is a trend that you're going to see continue. You're going to see a continuation of major fundamental developments that don't have an impact today, but that have huge impacts over the next 10 years. And then you're going to see those start to compound on each other. And then that's where you see parabolic growth is when you see a multitude of different factors that have major implications, but not today, but they have major implications in the underlying fundamentals and intrinsic value space of Bitcoin that will lead to a major growth in the space. So I also want to move on in here and talk a little bit about Goldman Sachs. I'm going to read just a couple of quotes here from this article over on bnnbloomberg.ca. Goldman Sachs Group Incorporated executed its first over-the-counter crypto options trade, a further step in its, in its expansion of digital assets offering to Wall Street investors. The bank traded a non-deliverable Bitcoin option, a derivative tied to Bitcoin's price that pays out in cash in a transaction facilitated by Galaxy Digital Holdings LTD. That's a company you've probably heard of, a crypto services firm. Options are used by crypto investors to hedge risks or boost yields, and over-the-counter transactions are typically larger trades negotiated privately. The move marks the first such transaction by a major bank in the United States, Galaxy Digital Holdings said. It expects the trade to open the door for other banks considering OTC as a conduit for trading digital assets. The reason that's so important is because what this means is that we've just set precedent. In law, the idea of precedent is that if a court decides an unprecedented, that's where that word comes from, an unprecedented case in a certain way, then what they do is they set precedent. What is precedent? Well, precedent is this idea of looking back and saying, okay, well, this is how a court handled this situation before. They set precedent. So we're going to go with this court, uh, this court ruling, and we're going to say, okay, we're going to rule in a very similar fashion if this is a very similar case. What we've just done here by Galaxy allowing for, excuse me, uh, by Goldman Sachs conducting this trade with Galaxy Digital, what we've just seen here is precedent has been set. The U.S. banks are now going to be working in Bitcoin options. This is not, to be clear, Goldman Sachs adopting and offering Bitcoin options products. This is Goldman Sachs trading them themselves, likely for some of their high net worth clients. This is a pretty big deal because it means that, Go that Goldman Sachs has taken the next step down the funnel of adoption towards Bitcoin, which is not only do they now know about it, now they're actually working in it. That's a very big deal, and I think it kind of speaks for itself. So could we see a, con uh, a continuation of U.S. investment banks moving into the Bitcoin space, getting into Bitcoin options, doing option tradings for their high net worth clients? And also, why did they do this trade? Did they do it for themselves? Were they trying to make money on their own right? Or did they have a high net worth individual who wanted to do this? Because this is likely not a small trade. If it's over the counter and it's options and Goldman Sachs did it and it made headlines, this is probably a this is probably a trade north of $100 million. We're not talking about a small little itty bitty trade. We're talking about something big, which means that it's probably the money being held either by a corporation that did this trade or the money being held by a billionaire or a multi-hundred millionaire that has done this trade. So this is a pretty big deal. I think it speaks for itself. Tim, do you have any thoughts on that before we move on and talk about Honduras? On, on what specifically? On, on, just, on just the fact that this is the first U.S. bank that's actually done this. 
I, I want to see it come to fruition. I want to see what it actually looks like. Again, every time you hear these pieces of uh, information, it's like, all right, that's cool. What's the significance? Because that's what the story doesn't talk about is what significance and, and how, what levels people are actually going to use it. So that's what I want. I want to see that story develop a little more before I say this is a massively bullish story that is going to make Bitcoin skyrocket. Absolutely. What we're seeing right now, guys, we got a little train on a little train track and we just pushed it down the hill. We got a little snowball. And we just pushed it down the hill and it's, get, it's gaining a little bit of momentum. It's going to move and it's going to turn into this giant freight train. It's going to turn into this giant snowball, but these are some of the first steps that lead to that. So this is one of those stories that we might be like, oh, this is on page 14 of the newspaper. Who cares? But we're going to look back and we're going to say, okay, this was when the snowball started rolling. We're through things like this. That's why we're bringing this to your attention. Now, one final article that I want to bring you, and I even want to preface this. This This is speculation. This is not transpired yet, but if it does, you probably will have heard it here first because nobody's talking about this. Honduras reportedly to officially recognize Bitcoin as legal tender in the coming days. Going to read a couple of quotes here. The country's president, uh, Gilmar Castro, has reported that El Salvador shouldn't be the only country escaping dollar hegemony. I'm actually going to read her full quote. It's over here in this article right here. The president said, uh, let me go ahead and translate that into English. I do not speak Spanish yet, but I'm working on it. We must not allow El Salvador to be the only country escaping dollar hegemony. Honduras has the right to develop towards the first world, said the president. So if we go back over here, we can see Castro also emphasized uh, that they want to move towards the first world, although the information was still unconfirmed at the time of publication. The president of Honduras' announcement is reportedly to take place on Monday morning, March 21st, which today is Monday morning, March 21st. So if an announcement is made today about Honduras moving in the direction of officially adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. We will make a video on that because that is a very, very big deal. We'll either put it up on YouTube or over on Twitter. We'll make an announcement in some capacity, I should say. Tim, what would the significance of another nation, specifically another nation in South and Central America, adopting Bitcoin be since El Salvador has set that precedent of sovereign adoption of cryptocurrency? I I think really good. I was thinking about this earlier because even though we don't think the United States or many, like some of the major governments, there there was a scale there a, a week ago about what the EU is going to decide, but I, I don't see a ban coming any point soon. But one of the things that you have to keep in mind is if there are countries using Bitcoin as legal tender, the ability for governments to make it illegal would be way harder because then now you're talking about banning a country's That's a uh, good currency. point. That's a really good so point. So I, I love it because it's bringing more security to Bitcoin holders to know, hey, if my country starts getting a little bearish on Bitcoin, there are, there are, we have to recognize it as a, a world currency. And so it kind of prevents a full-out ban of it. That's a really good point. You can't go around banning sovereign currencies unless you are specifically trying to target a nation. And if the European Union wanted to ban Bitcoin, they're probably not trying to ban El Salvador. They got nothing against El Salvador. El Salvador would be collateral damage. And, you know, there are plenty of, there's plenty of, on the topic of precedent, plenty of precedent of nations doing things that affect other nations and just not really caring or paying any attention. But it would give another argument to, well, why would you ban Bitcoin when these three sovereign nations use it as their currency? Do you got something against them? Is it really being used for illicit activity or would this entire nation have adopted it? Anyway, I could go off on a tangent all day about Wait, the people and, that and say to be fair, it, it, it wouldn't make it impossible. It would just no. make it harder. Like the steps to making Bitcoin illegal just became a lot harder because we have one current country already using it and we have two more discussing it. The fact of the matter is, guys, cryptocurrency is the future. I, you know, th- there are no guarantees in life except death taxes and the sun's probably going to rise tomorrow. But what we do know 
is that Bitcoin is the most powerful solution to one of the biggest problems that, crypt, that, that, that modern society has ever faced on the financial front, and that is not having their own financial sovereignty. If you want financial sovereignty, quite frankly, there's only one place to look. It is the cryptocurrency space, and it is predominantly Bitcoin. So make sure that if you're not in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, you really question yourself because I personally think you are missing out. Hit that like button if you have not already. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and hit that post notification bell so you'll be updated every time new content comes out. By the way, guys, I do want to remind you, Bitcoin 2022 is coming up, and we are going to be at Bitcoin 2022. So make sure you check out the links in the description box down below. You can get 10% off on your ticket. Ticket using Moon 2022, and hopefully we'll get to meet you down there. Let's go ahead and move ticket. into Ticket. I know, I said that really yeah. weirdly, didn't I? Let's go ahead and move into Super Chat. Well, though. before that, I we have 1,900 people watching. Thank you so much. But yeah. we only have like 577 likes. I know. And I, and I say that it jumped up to 581, and I'm sure here by the time you hear this, it's jumping even more. We should be at a 900. I mean, I think we should draw a line in the sand. 50. 50%. This far, no farther. 50% is easily. From. And of those people, I really question how many of those people that have not yet hit the like button mm. also are not subscribed. Hold Ooh. on. Can I have a moment? Calling you out. I, I want to have a you. moment with the audience Go right ahead. now. <clears throat> this is going to be a nice, important moment with you guys. Okay. I see you guys. I see, I see you sitting there thinking that you don't need to like. That you said, well, he's talking to everyone else, not me. It's like voting, you know, people who don't vote. <laughs> My vote doesn't matter. My like doesn't matter. It does. Your like does matter. It does. So why don't you, why don't you, you know, go hit that like button for me. Yeah. Um, There you go. Okay, here we go. I gave him some time to do it. Print 3D said, I gave a like and then smiley face. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Good, it worked. All right, perfect. Uh, We have another new, we have a new member, a new Jedi Knight. Crypto, is it Crypto Al or Crypto AI? I don't know if it's Capital I or lowercase L. I think it's Crypto AI. I don't know. Either way, they just became a uh, Jedi Knight, so welcome. I don't know why I just did that. I just deleted them. I want to capitalize them because I want to be able to shout them out at the end of the stream. There we go. This way it works. We got like 150 likes from that, dude. Uh, Let's see here. Atomic Dog uh, asked, what do you guys, what do you you have an opinion on Juno Chain Prop 16? So, have you ever heard of that? I have not. All right. So, I, I didn't, I hadn't heard the Prop 16 part, and I don't know a heck of a lot about it, but... Just so you guys know, this is coming really soon. Uh, we are there's this thing called token metrics that I, I want to look more into it, but just you know, Juno was one of the top rated coins on token metrics. Token metrics is a site, we'll bring you more information about it, uh, that helps you guys understand the fundamentals that and, and know when a project's good to trade, when it's not good to trade, especially for people who are newer to the space. Um, and and Juno was one of the ones that was at the top there. So I will do more looking at that atomic dog, but just so you guys know, uh, from a fundamental standpoint, it looks Looks like it probably is a good project. Atomic Dog, that's such a good name. Uh, Rick4962, or Yard Dog. Yard Dog. Dogs. Yard Dog. Uh, video yesterday, Jeb, loved it. Aw, thank you, Yard Dog. I appreciate that. Thank you so very much, my friend. If you haven't seen that video, go watch it. I enjoyed making it. I think it was a good one. Kelly Kelly Kellen said uh, at TA Tim, can you give us a uh, update on this year's hottest new karate moves. If mm. you don't know what he's talking about, he's talking about Dwight. Uh, Dwight, that's one of the best things about Dwight. He gives you know a, a field that's been around for hundreds of years. There's updates, and he makes sure everyone knows. But uh, well, what's the joke. update then? Do you, you have Dwight on Listen, your desk right there. Can you ask him? It's it's a double choke, a uh, double choke hold, a double uh, choke hold. Two necks. Anyway, uh, Tristan Williams said, "Saving for CTDA. Can't wait to get into it and expand my knowledge. Thanks Woo. for everything you guys do. Woo. You got me uh, even more excited about crypto. Aww. That." 
that's I mean that's part of the goal, man. Let's go. Here. That's why we're here. And again, I told him, I told him in chat, but you you will not regret it, Tristan. That again, that's why yep. for anyone who's watched, if you have watched my evolution of crypto knowledge. I would give about 94% of that to CT2A. So, <laughs> wow. Well, uh, maybe 94% hard work, but uh, yeah. ICE, uh, well, give me my technical analysis knowledge. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've dug some past that, but ICE Fire Gaming, I should buy uh, Hubai, Hub- uh, NFT. Hub- I mean, how's it spelled? H H U O B I. Oh, it's Huobi. 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 I don't know. How, I've never. I read it's it all the time. Exchange. I've never. It's an Asian, it Asian exchange. Huobi. Yeah. Uh, Ape NFT. There are one thousand total gettings for one hundred ninety nine dollars or not. Tell according to you. I, so. I Ape coin is that what we're talking about there? Did I hear that I right? I don't think so. I can, I didn't. I can't. Ape I'm, NFT where there are a thousand. I don't know. I'm not. I think sure. you're talking about buying ape. You know what, somebody, what is your thoughts of, yeah, the, of NFTs? No, no, Go ahead. Well, I don't want to talk about NFTs, actually. Okay, what do you want? <laughs> I want to bring it back for a second. I want to bring it back for a second because I, I, there was a, something that you said there, Jeb, that I think we brushed over, but I think it's really important. Guys, you can have a book. You can own a book. But if you don't actually open the book and use it and read it, that owning the book does nothing for you. Yes. So I'll even say this with CT2A. CT2A didn't do anything for Tim. Tim opened CT2A, and that's where he learned. Yes. Tim did something for Tim using sure. the resource that was given him. So I will say this, guys. If you do want to pursue growth and knowledge, it takes you to actually do something and do it. Just owning the stuff doesn't do anything for you. So I would like you guys to think of that. Chew on that nugget for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll open the book for you. And after I'll, you're done chewing, go check out the book. It's called the Cryptocurrency Technical yeah. Analysis Academy. We and then teach buy you the everything book. everything you need yeah. to know about analysis. The link's Definitely in the description the box book. down below. By the way, Crypto AI. It is AI, not AL. So it's Crypto I, Crypto AI. It's it's actually um, Alexander Onasio just in a new resub. So yay. Well, now no crypto AI. That's Alexandre Anasio. Good to know. Uh, do go. we have time for a couple more? Do you want to? Move yeah, let's know. Let's go okay. ahead. Let's go. Justin Jones said weekly Bitcoin, twenty weekly SMA, and twenty weekly EMA crossing lagging indicator. When they begin converging is when market has a major reversal. Is this setting up now? Thank you. I think that right now Bitcoin is in a setup, yes, but it's it's hard to tell what setup it's in. It's hard to tell if Bitcoin is in a bullish setup or a bearish setup because it has a symmetrical triangle pattern. If you look at the 20 weekly EMA, I have it up right now. You know that we were definitely in a setup back here in August, September, and October of 2018. The the question was, were we setting up to go bullish or bearish? And we just didn't know at the time. We didn't have any information that would give us that idea. I mean, take a look at the market right here. What what are you supposed to do with this market? What do you think is going to happen here? You know, and now that we know, we have a bias towards bullish. Leaving. Oh yeah, it's gonna bear, it's gonna break bullish, duh. But we didn't know that at the time. So right now, Bitcoin is in a setup. It's just very difficult to tell what that setup is. Mm. Is my stance on that. Yeah. Last one I see here, super chat uh, wise, uh, Lazaro Alberto said, "Do you have a bag of Al- Algorand? Algorand?" I don't personally hold any Algo, but I do think it's a good project. Algo, you can see over here, it's ranked number twenty-nine, five billion dollar market capitalization, doing very well, sitting at eighty cents. The thing that I do, and I like to make sure that I have a philosophy behind whatever I do because that's the kind of the foundational concept is your knowledge and your mindset and your methodology. You got to understand those things. So my methodology is to keep it kind of small. I don't own a ton of different cryptocurrencies. That's why people ask me, GM, what about this altcoin? What about this altcoin? What about this altcoin? I don't study every altcoin. Hands up. I'm not the walking encyclopedia on altcoins. That's Kelly. <laughs> and, t- and you know, I, I'm not the walking encyclopedia on altcoins. However, I am invested in about 10 of them. And of those that I'm invested in, I do my best to make sure I'm, the, I'm, I'm uh, 
I'm uh, up to date on them. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, those are some of them. I have some Avalanche. I have some, uh, you know, I, I have a few, a Chainlink. I have a few other projects, but I keep it relatively simple because I would re- much rather be very, very knowledgeable on a few altcoins so that I can make good uh, investment decisions on them rather than super diversified and then just hope, okay, is the project doing well? Is the project not doing well? I don't have the time to spend 15 hours a day researching altcoins like I did before. I have a business to run. I'm married now. I got a lot going on. So I prefer personally for me, and this is just from me looking at the way my life works and then back extrapolating what am I capable of doing with the time that I have, I want to make sure that I am very knowledgeable about what I am invested in because when you invest in an altcoin, you own the altcoin. I mean, that, I don't think people realize the significance and the substanti- how substantial that is. You own a part of that project. We literally who own Bitcoin own a fraction of the most important financial revolutionary technology that has ever existed. It's called Bitcoin. So we need to make sure that we're informed on that. I can't be perfectly informed on 100 altcoins, but I can manage 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I can't do that. So, no, I'm not an algo, and that would be why. It's not that it's a bad project. I'm just personally not in it. Tim, what are your thoughts on diversification as a general concept? Because that's I, what that question is. Basically. I think that the, Full yeah, screen. well, I think that there is such a thing as uh, not enough. So, again, this is where you have people putting all of their portfolio into one project, whether it be Bitcoin or whether it be like I've heard people doing Cardano. And as much as I love Cardano, I don't think that's a wise move. But I also think there's such a thing as too much diversification, uh, in, both in projects and exchanges. I can just tell you right now, I've gotten a handle on it. But for a little minute, I actually got spread out because I had too many exchanges. And, and it wasn't like an exorbitant amount. I just my organization skills, I didn't having like five different exchanges at the same time to keep your eye on everything makes it kind of confusing. So I, I would recommend, especially people who are newer to this space diversify but keep a small pocket that you can keep your a handle on uh, there is such a thing as being invested in too many coins being invested on too many exchanges uh, and so you need to you need to make sure you understand your bandwidth this is something that was told to me back when I was doing ministry but it, someone said you know the marking of a good man is knowing his limitations and he lives right up to them and does not surpass them uh, so the same thing what is your limitation when it comes to how you can handle it and and diversify diversify as much as you are able to control and to keep an eye on. Do not go past it and don't go under it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great life advice in general. Let's see. We have a couple minutes here left of the show. Let's go ahead and just read any chats that are left over that are not, or not, excuse me, not left over. Any uh, chats? I don't think I have any more super chats. I'm looking to see uh, what some other good chats in. uh, While we're doing that, Samay, what are your thoughts on the market trading sideways right now? How do you think your your coin term of a turtle market comes to an end? What does the end of a turtle market look like? Uh, I... Look, I'm telling you guys, and I've said it before. There's clips of me saying it somewhere around here, somewhere. I think it's gonna take some. It's gonna take some hype again, and I, I, I think. You know, there's a hard time. I'm starting to become. Uh, I'm starting to become a, less of a believer of this. Of this, you know, these institutions. At least I don't know. They're not doing nothing. They're, they've had plenty of opportunities to do something, and they're not doing nothing. And I think maybe they are wanting to leverage the power and the ability of the of the retail. I don't know. Maybe it's the manipulation or whatnot. But the thing is, the retail have been checked out. They're gone, baby. They're gone. And that's the that the problem is. I, I think until we see that, every time we've seen a a giant pump, it's been some catalyst that has driven retail to do something about it. Uh, until there's proof, and maybe I'm just being really ignorant, but until I see proof of there, that being otherwise, I'm just now sitting here waiting for something to ca- be the catalyst that gets retail back in. And until that happens, we're going to be sitting here in this turtle market in this range. Um, so I agree. at the end of the day, we'll have to see. 
I think it's gonna be it's gonna have to be something that transcends the the fear, right? It has to be something bigger than usual because like at this point, there's a lot of economic fear and just average around average average Joes. Gas prices are high, and when gas prices are high, people don't want to buy things. People start to hold onto their money a little bit tighter, uh, you know, and so everything's more expensive at, at this point. So at this point. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen, but I think it's going to have to take something pretty strong to get people to, you know, give up their dollars for something when right now people are just like this. They're high, holding them tight. Yeah. Um, so hmm. that's why it's, it's, it's a tough part. And it's kind of like what Tim was saying the other day when it comes, it's like people aren't going to start investing in a bunch of risky or risky assets when their house is on fire. And that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. So at this point, I don't know. Yeah, well, uh, we have one final question here, and it's from Cryptofer. Uh, he donated. He said, uh, K, uh, KDA interesting on the daily chart of Lux Algo price still below trend catcher for a while, still green thoughts. Yeah, so let's go ahead and take a look at that, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap out the show. Thank you so very much for that super chat, my friend. If we take a look here at Lux Algo, which, by the way, if you guys haven't signed up for Lux Algo, you should. Haven't talked about it too much recently because it is an indicator that's best used in a trending market. We're in a ranging market right now, so it's a little bit difficult, and that's actually going to lead me to my point here. Right now, Kadena is trading sideways. It is moving perfectly sideways. We have a strong sell signal that we're under right now. Yes, we do have green trend catcher. That would likely have to do with this big rally that we saw over here that didn't really go anywhere on KDA. And when we see it moving sideways like this, we have seen drink, uh, green trend catcher buy signal. Right now, Bitcoin, I'm sorry, KDA would have to probably go up to at least getting above the trend catcher for it to turn green and have a buy signal. And by the way, a lot of people are always wondering, Jeb, why do you not like KDA? Why do you not talk about KDA? I don't have a problem with Kadena. The problem that I the, the problem I have with the value proposition, so I guess I might have a problem with Kadena, is that it's so very similar, and I, I, I'm not an expert on, on KDA. I'm welcome to being rebuked on this, but its value proposition is to be uh, a, um, a crypto asset that has a max supply. The problem that you run into is that most cryptocurrency, most technologies in general, you see this in the tech stocks, are winner take all. And I'm worried that anything that competes with Bitcoin is going to have a very difficult time being able to get anything when Bitcoin is going to be the winner take all cryptocurrency because it does a good enough job because it's first to market. So as far as it turning green, that's going to take some time. It's going to have to rally quite a bit for that to happen. That's why I'm not invested in KDA. Nothing against the project. I just would rather be in Bitcoin. Guys, that's all we got for you today. If you enjoyed today's video, make sure to hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Thank you so very much for all the super chats. We do have one more also from Travis Graves said, Gala, thank you. We'll talk about Gala in a future content. I do think it's a good project. Thank you so very much for all the likes also. Let's see if we can't get to 1,000 likes. Subscribe to the channel and make sure to follow us on our social media at CryptoJeb over on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure to follow us on TikTok at CryptoJebOfficial. But that's all we got for you today. Before we go, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching as always. And I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.